So I woke up in the middle of the night recently and my leg near my ankle on my left was itching something fierce. I couldn't scratch it enough and I could feel the little bumps and I knew right away what it was and of course it was poison ivy. I was thinking how have I gotten poison ivy on my ankle, my foot, when I haven't even been anywhere at all to get it. Uh, A few weeks ago, I was out in the woods setting up a paddock for the pigs, and the day that I did that, I put on long pants, I had a pair of rubber boots on, and a long sleeve shirt, and the hat, and I sprayed all that stuff with uh, insect repellent before I even went out there because of the ticks and especially the chiggers. And that was a couple of weeks ago. And as soon as I did that, there was a lot of poison ivy out there. And when I got finished doing that, I brought everything in. I took it off, and I put everything in the washing machine. Now, I'm really allergic to poison ivy, and I really don't need to even come into contact with it before I have it all over me. And I learned a long time ago that there are a lot of myths about poison ivy, but not in the way that you think. So I've got quite a lot of experience with poison ivy over the last few years, especially after I got into dealing with plants and trees more than I had ever done in the past. Well, really after I got out of the uh, office world and got into the uh, agricultural, horticultural world. Before that, the last time that I had poison ivy I was probably I think I was 15 and I was working on a survey crew and we were chopping a line through a a really dense uh, branch up there in Applin County Georgia and I got poison ivy I think it was on my right forearm and I had it I had it really bad and I don't ever remember having it before then maybe I did but anyway I remember this specifically and they say you remember the stuff that you know is emotionally happy or bad and this was bad so quite a span of time since I had last had poison ivy in the 80s up until probably after 2012 when I started working around uh the house and near plants and so now i would like to dispel a lot of myths that are on the internet these days about poison ivy and it's not what you're thinking um what i want to do is dispel the myth of how you treat poison ivy because all of the things that you find on the internet to treat poison ivy don't work. Number one, 
calamine lotion. Now, I had to look up and find out exactly what calamine lotion really is. And come to find out, it's zinc oxide. I have no idea why this is supposed to treat poison ivy, but it doesn't. I can't find any benefit in putting this stuff on your skin whatsoever. Uh, it does not dry up the blisters. It does not stop the itching. You just have poison ivy with a pink arm or a pink leg or whatever the case may be. But Gallimine lotion does absolutely nothing for poison ivy. Doesn't work. It's a myth. It's a complete myth. I have no idea why it's ever been a thing, but I know that when I had the chicken pox when I was probably five years old, they used calamine lotion on those. I don't know if it helped in that case because I can't remember that very well. But I knew that anybody that had chicken pops had yellow blotches all over their face or wherever it was because people had dabbed calamine lotion onto it. So calamine lotion, waste of time. Stop. I don't know why this persists. Um, it just doesn't work. Number two, hydrocortisone cream. Now, this is supposedly supposed to stop the itching of poison ivy, but it doesn't work. Never has worked. It really doesn't work for any itch that I've noticed. Um, I can't really understand why this is an anti-itch uh, treatment, but it doesn't work. Okay, I'm going to read from the consolidated, I guess this is Google's consolidated internet um, remedy, which is essentially what you'll get any anytime you Google this or go to any of the I've I've gone to health.com. I've gone to Mayo Clinic. So, number three, rubbing alcohol. Um, rubbing alcohol. <laughs> okay, maybe while the rubbing alcohol is evaporating off your skin, it cools you and you get a little bit of relief. But what are you gonna do? Sit there all night with fourteen bottles of alcohol and dab your poison ivy it it doesn't work uh cold compress now what what's a cold compress supposed to do um i have no idea why you would have a cold compress and that's a treatment maybe it relieves the burning but it doesn't stop it from itching. And the main thing about poison ivy is you can't stop scratching it because it is the most excruciating type of an itch you can ever, well, I would say between that and like athlete's foot, you just want to scratch it until you bleed. 
You just can't get enough scratching. Now, one of the other things that they say is to take Benadryl. And Benadryl is um, the brand name for a, for antihistamine, which is for swelling. Uh, it's an anti-inflammatory. And personally, I don't like to take Benadryl because it makes me feel like I've been drugged and not in a good way. And so if you ever feel the need to take Benadryl whatsoever, just do it before you go to bed, but then you don't really sleep. You just feel groggy. At least it, that's what it does to me. So anyway, Benadryl, I don't know what that's supposed to do. Um, you know, these little pustules, these blisters, yeah, they are sl slightly um, swollen, but it, it's really not the it's really not the symptom you would go to a antihistamine for. Uh, here's some others: oatmeal bath. I tell you the truth, I never tried that. Um, bentonite clay, bentonite clay. That may. I haven't tried it for that. I've tried bentonite, but I haven't tried it on poison ivy. It, I could see maybe it having some effect. I, I just, like I said, I have not tried that, so I can't say for certain. That's sort of new, though, because you wouldn't have seen bentonite clay on, uh, you know, anywhere until probably pretty recently. Now there's some new stuff out there and there's supposed to be anti oil things. I bought one of those one time for I think it was like 50 bucks and I tried it. Didn't work. Uh, they've got two listed here. Tech New and Xanfil or Aluminum Acetate. These are fairly new and I don't know that they've been on the market for a long time so I can't speak to those if anybody has tried any of these please let me know because the one that I tried and I can't remember what it was called um, but I had to go to Walgreens or CVS and it was real expensive and did not work okay so all of these myths, all of these remedies debunked. Trust me, just don't waste your time. If you, if anybody's out there that's had any success with any of the things that I just mentioned, please let me know. Um, I've never had anybody come up and say, "Oh yeah, the um, the calamine lotion that cleared my poison ivy up in two days." That's uh, never happened. Maybe it has happened to you. If so, please let me know because I would I would love to hear that story. But now that that's out of the way, I'm going to tell you what will work. And I've, like I said, I've had poison ivory every summer since, you know, I started getting into the whole 
growing your own food thing and being outdoors every all the time and as i said earlier when i began this i have poison ivy right now the first poison ivy treatment that i stumbled upon and i don't remember how it happened but the first one i stumbled upon which actually had a pretty good uh success rate for me was um plantain now plantain is that long spear-like um plant that you see and a lot of times when you see plantain it'll it's growing right next to poison ivy and that's one of the weird things about the way these things tend to be together is there a lot of times the remedy for the the treatment is right there beside the problem and in this case uh plantain and the way that I would do that, I would, when I could tell that I had a blister coming up from um, poison ivy, and you can tell the difference too. I mean, you can tell poison ivy from a tick bite, from a flea bite, from an ant bite, from a bee sting. All these things have different um, feels to them. And poison ivy usually, if say if it gets on the outside of your arm, like your forearm, now those you know unless you're indoors 100 percent of the time you usually have a little more uh skin out there on your forearms because you're exposed to sun and everything and that has a certain feel that begins to itch and i know right away that's poison ivy now if you get it say on your top of your foot where it's real sensitive and hasn't been exposed to much sunlight it's a it's almost a a different kind of uh breakout but say you get it on your arm and it it starts to itch and you know after say a few hours that it's kind of increasing and you can kind of tell it's starting to sort of create a welt and then you're like okay yeah i have gotten some poison ivy and i probably got it over there by the fence and so i would take a plantain leaf and i would just sort of bruise it you know like with the back of a butter knife or something like that or just you know if i didn't have anything else just roll it up sort of crush it and then i would put that over the spot and put a band-aid on it and I would do that about, uh, I would say, I'd do that, say, two or three times per day on the spot. So I'd leave it there, you know, about four hours, and then I'd put a new one on there. You know, I'd do a new one before I went to bed. And in about two days, it would be gone, you know. and. I don't know about you guys, but the internet says the blisters go for about two to three weeks. In my case, it's a solid month, you know, and I think it's a systemic um, thing, too, because it 
it has a tendency to make you you almost feel like you're you're itching on the other side of your skin and once it's gone if you if it runs its full course three weeks whatever the case is when it's gone it's just it's it's almost gone overnight it it it, it just sort of it's just not there the next day you know and it's it's kind of a weird thing but anyway that was the first thing that i tried to or that was the first thing i had success with and that that i used quite a lot and i even managed to get poison ivy one time during the winter and i didn't have any plantain because it was oh uh cold and so i had some leaves some dried leaves and that was all that i had and so i took the dried leaves and i sort of crumbled them in in my hand and put them in the palm of my hand and i just drove it i just grinded it into my uh in the spot that i had and actually that seemed to clear it up even faster and it was an ugly sight. I mean, it just never looks pretty, and it hurts. But it goes from the phase of itching past the phase of oozing, the pus oozing out, to the phase of where it's basically bloody. And then at that point in time, it just heals up like a scab. You know, it's, it kind of skips the phase, but instead of three weeks, it's three days. So that that'll work. If you can't get this second remedy that I'm going to tell you, I would try to get some plantain and it kind of seems like to me dried plantain works even better, especially if you just grind it into the spot. Now, the second one and this one is all over the internet. It's all over YouTube and it works. And this one is jewel weed. You can find so many videos now about the benefits of jewel weed when it comes to poison ivy. When actually nothing existed, you know, of back when I was first uh, trying to figure out what I should use on poison ivy and when I got to the plantain method. But the jewel weed method just works. It, it it completely works. Um, I don't have any jewel weed where I am. I've tried to find it. I've tried to grow it, and I'm trying that again. But for whatever reason, either maybe I can't identify it or it just doesn't grow around here, but I've never seen it. And it's pretty, um, it's hard to miss from, from the pictures. It seems like you would be fairly easy to identify it if it was near you but anyway check that out on youtube lots of people have done videos on it but this works and what we do now there's a little company near here called teeter creek and they make all kinds of uh, extracts and tinctures and they sell these down in springfield at a uh, store called ruby's they're probably in other stores too. I know that 
they carry it there at Ruby's. But they sell it as an extract, and it looks like a really dark, um, like a dark brown liquid. But as soon as you figure out that you've got the poison ivy, like the other night when I woke up in the middle of the night itching because I had no clue that I I was going to get poison ivy because it came from a different place. And I'll tell you in a minute. So the first thing I did after I had a scratching section for about, a minute and a half I went in and just found my um jewelweed extract and I started rubbing the area down with that now it's not like you get poison ivy you put jewelweed extract on it and the next day it's gone it doesn't work that way what happens is it it makes the process rapid so instead of it being three weeks, you know, it's going to take it down to like a couple of days. So you, this had gotten pretty far along. Usually I know ahead of time and I, I would never have uh, this on my um, exposed foot and ankle because I would, wouldn't be anywhere near poison ivy, you know, without my shoes on. So. Typically, when I get it, I've done something stupid like I've weed-eated, and the weed-eater has slung the the sap, the oil, across my uh, shoe or something like that. And if you don't wear a boot, that oil is soaked right through your shoe and, you know, get on your toes, and that's the worst place to get it, and your feet. It'll go right through your sock. And what's more, if if you have poison ivy on your shoes or your sock, you might as well just throw them away. Because the next time you put that pair of shoes on or if you put that sock back on, even after it's been washed, you'll still, I'll still break out. You know, I'm not saying everybody will, but it, it's, it just lingers there. You have to wait. If that happens to you, with, say you have a tennis shoe or something, you need to not wear those shoes for the rest of the season, and honestly, you should just throw them away. I had a pair of shoes that I had gotten poison ivy on, and I'd forgotten about them. And you know, I put them away in the closet. And the next season, I got those uh, shoes out and put them on after it warmed up. You know, this is probably nine or ten months later, and then my foot broke out and I hadn't even been anywhere near any poison ivy that day. And so then I remembered that was the pair of shoes that had gotten hit the year before. So just remember that stuff really sticks around and just be careful with it. But back to the jewelweed, the jewelweed extract. I haven't used the plant, but they say the plant is uh the as effective as the extract from the internet i haven't tried it but with the extract and you just rub it on and right away well, i wouldn't say right away but within a 
within a couple of minutes, a few minutes, the itching starts to decrease and it sort of becomes bearable. And then after that, you're going to go back to what you were doing and is probably going to start itching you again. So at that point in time, you need to go back and reapply it. So you just reapply it throughout the day um, every so often. Sometimes I reapply it, you know, just very liberal applications with very small um, time increments. And then some days it's not bothering me as much, and I just use it a couple of times a day. But the one thing you'll notice is, and this is what happened to me this past episode, all the little blisters started, they started leaking. So I had a really bad case on right on the top of my left foot, all around my ankle, Maybe a little bit on the back of my Achilles tendon on my right, but mainly the top of my foot, side of my foot, my ankle, and a little bit like uh, about four or five inches up my uh, leg. And it was really, they were really blistered up and pus was coming out of all of those. So I used the uh, jewelweed extract. And I put a sock on to sort of absorb some of that stuff. And the the thing is, is what it's going to do is it's just going to accelerate the process of the, the weeping process because you want it to weep. As the sooner you can get those weep places dried out and kind of down to like the scab phase the sooner it's going to go away. And so after about two days of that and a lot of scratching because it it does itch at times. Most of the time you can deal with it, but maybe when you're sitting there on the sofa watching TV at night and it starts bothering you you're gonna, or at night when you wake up, you're probably going to scratch it. I probably had to get up and you know make some applications at 2 o'clock in the morning too. But after about two days, those were dried up, and that was, I mean, compared to the it running its full course, that'd go on for me for a month. I mean, it would be a solid four weeks of that for me. Now, it wouldn't be as bad at the end as it would be at the beginning, but it would still it would be there it would persist and so after you get through that phase and then it looks like you just got a hundred thousand little scabs all over your foot or wherever it is at that point in time i usually take comfrey just straight comfrey just pick a leaf and then i just start rolling that leaf on the uh the area just in between my palm and the area and what'll happen is it'll sort of um make the the leaf uh liquefy and and it'll you can tell that it's coming onto your skin because it it sort of 
leaves a green area. You know how mucilaginous comfrey is if you've ever used it before. But if you do that, then pretty much it's just a matter of healing up the little scabs. That they, you know, it's not itching you anymore. It's just kind of unsightly. You don't want to wear flip flops, and but you know they're they're healing up and they're pretty much you'll you'll usually get one or two or three or you know that are kind of wanting to linger around probably the worst you know like the worst spot you got it or maybe it's kind of on your ankle and it's a real real tender skin right there i've got one kind of on my heel that's not really wanting to clear up the way the rest of them are. But I ran out of jewelry. As a matter of fact, the reason I'm making this podcast is because today I had to go get some more. And I was stuck all weekend from about Friday without any jewelweed. And so there was one or two little spots that I needed it and I didn't have it. So now that I do, I've I've applied it. So I guess everyone's wondering, well, where'd the poison ivy come from? Because you said you didn't go out and pick it up out in the yard. So how did you get poison ivy all over your foot and your ankle? And it took me a little bit of thinking, but I'm pretty sure now that my little cat Nipsey had gotten into it. And he was in the kitchen uh, prior to that, I think that afternoon, and he was rubbing around on my left foot, and he rubbed my right foot a little bit. Like I said, I had a little bit of it on my right Achilles tendon, but he sort of circled around my left foot, and you know, I didn't really, I was busy at the stove, and I wasn't paying much attention to him. And that's kind of why it took me a while to figure out where it come from. But he does have a tendency. There's this one post that has a poison ivy vine on it. And he has a tendency to hang out over in that vicinity and climb that post. And I think he got it on his fur and brought it in and rubbed it all over my leg and or my foot. And so now I'm... Um, kind of staying away <laughs> I'm kind of keeping the cats at arm's length at the moment because that was a very aggravating outbreak I had managed to stay fairly fairly poison ivy free this summer you know I knew that I had gotten it here and there but I was kind of aware of it and it was no no biggie and I caught it you know, I caught it early. That's the the main main thing you want to do. If you can catch poison ivy early, it won't even go into the uh, the weeping phase whatsoever. It'll just itch, and you can stop it in its tracks using the jewelweed or the the. You actually can do it with comfrey, but it it makes a very bad looking sore. If you catch it with the comfrey or the uh, plantain and the jewelweed, it sort of just goes away after, you know, just no more than just a kind of a little red spot. 
but where he caught me right on the top of my foot, which is a real sensitive area right around my ankle, right on my instep and my heel. So very sensitive skin cells right there. As a matter of fact, you can't get poison ivy, they say, on the bottom of your feet or your hands. And I'm pretty certain you couldn't get it on your hands. I have had it on the bottom of my foot on on my instep, but not you know not like the ball of my feet or or my heel. I don't think you can get it there. But animals can't. Supposedly animals don't aren't allergic to it and the ducks eat it so go figure so anyway i hope this is a service to some of you people i know you're out there i know you're out there on your homesteads and i know you're out there in the woods and it's almost inevitable that you brush up on some poison ivy or weed eat it or even the lawnmower can sling it up on your boot or your leg so hopefully this will dispel some of the myths about poison ivy treatments and steer you in the right direction and how to take this thing that would normally run two or three weeks four weeks and sort of take it down to a three or four day headache and not a protracted bout of three or four weeks. So hope this helps. This is Les for Perimeter Cast. Catch you next time.